the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kinner, excited to be back with you here for another week's edition. I shouldn't say another week's edition. It's our second podcast released in one week. I'm I'm trying to make up for all the lost time we had over the first two months of the season, but it's the journey to the Horizon League tourney. That's right, we're flipping the switch with less than a handful of games for pretty much all teams remaining in the Horizon League, and a race to the top four seeds is starting to heat up. Wanted to catch up with some media members that are covering all the teams in the mix at the jumbled mess that is the top of the Horizon League standings. It's kind of uh, strange to not have that number one team that everyone looks at and says that's the most dominant team in the conference. This is about as balanced that the league has been in quite some time and I'm excited to talk with the voice of one of the newer teams to be welcomed to the Horizon League. Excited to welcome on Mr. John Nolan, the voice of the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons. John, welcome in, man. How are you today? Justin, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for the chance to visit with you here. It's been really exciting for Purdue Fort Wayne to be in the Horizon League since last year. And, well, frankly, even more exciting now as the men's basketball team is on quite a roll, currently on a five-game winning streak. And for that matter, even women's basketball coming off of an impressive win last night and things are headed in the right direction for that program and really across the athletics department. Um, So, yeah, thanks so much for a chance to chat about it. Yeah, you know, Purdue-Fort Wayne and, of course, Robert Morris, the two new additions to the league that were introduced last year. And and what a hell of a way to be introduced to the league, right? I mean, no, I mean, can't have fans, all these restrictions. I mean, it just, last year was a nightmare. The start to the season was a little rough. I know with so many games and postponements, cancellations, conferences having to kind of change up their policies as far as, you know, forfeitures to postponements to rescheduled games. I mean, it's been a, a bumpy ride, but a much better experience this year, I'm sure, for you, the program, and everyone involved, uh, you know, in the second year in the Horizon League, at least getting fans at games, at least getting to return to what whatever normal is, I guess, in our day and age right now. Yeah, well said, and certainly you know, in a variety of aspects, like having fans be able to, uh, to come out. Not only Purdue-Fort Wayne fans, but, of course, with the Mastodon's uh, campus being located centrally in the Horizon League, it's been fun for us to see fans, whether it's from uh, Wright State come to make the trip or from Cleveland State um, you know, come support their uh, their teams on the road. That's been a, a neat thing to see. And, yeah, I guess in, the, in terms of the effect of last year, Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball had uh, an uncharacteristic season in terms of their record being below 500. although you know, taking Cleveland State to triple overtime on the Vikings' way to eventually winning the Horizon League championship showed what they were still capable of. But in any case, you know, men's basketball head coach John Kaufman acknowledged last year how he coached his team differently. He knew that he had guys who, in some cases, were spending weeks at a time in quarantine situations, and he wasn't going to be as hard on guys for their performance on the court when, really, it was just a matter of making sure that basketball was still fun and guys were able to have smiles as they were trying to navigate through such an unprecedented situation. This year, you know, has been able to to coach these guys kind of more regularly, and uh, it's, it's certainly translated to uh, to another successful season for the Dons on the floor. When you first found out, I, I mean, was it uh, were there rumors circulating about Purdue Fort Wayne leaving their previous conference? I mean, was it kind of a shock to you? What was that? Go back to that again. That seems like ages ago. Uh, obviously, second year in the league, but uh, you know, we haven't 
been able to touch base since uh, Purdue Fort Wayne joined the league. So I'm just curious, like when you first found out that they were sw- you know jumping conferences and, and jumping over to the Horizon League, what was the first thought that kind of popped in your head as far as just excitement, opportunity, and those types of things for this program and how they stack up against some of the premier programs in, in, in the conference? Yeah, it was not a surprise because Purdue Fort Wayne just seemed to be such a, a great fit for the Horizon League. And the short history is that the Mastodons went from Division Two to Division One back in 2001. And after a handful of years without uh, a league affiliation and just uh, being independent, Purdue Fort Wayne uh, was able to join the Summit League in 2007. And so at the time, that was a pretty good fit because you consider the Summit League back then had IUPUI, had Oakland. Um, so there were, geographically, it, it was a, it was a solid fit to have an in-state rival there like IUPUI and Oakland not too far away, but a decade or so goes by all of a sudden, Oakland to the Horizon League, IUPUI to the Horizon League. So it got to the point where the closest conference opponent for Purdue Fort Wayne in the Summit League was Western Illinois. Now, mm-hmm. Western Illinois, that's about a, six-plus-hour bus ride away, ironically, at this point, the furthest league member for Purdue-Fort Wayne in the horizon is Green Bay, which is actually a little bit closer uh, in terms of miles than Western Illinois was. So, again, from a geographical standpoint, excellent fit. Um, you know, From a competition standpoint, Purdue-Fort Wayne programs uh, have been building over the years uh, in Division One, and so... Uh, it's just been uh, been fantastic for the entire university. John Nolan with us here, the voice of the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons. Excited to kind of welcome him on, mainly because you know we we've become so you know as I've done this podcast for a few years, I'm looking back and it's a lot of and rightfully so. You know, you're talking about the teams that are usually in the mix at the top, uh, and that's no disrespect to the teams that are at, at the bottom. But you know, especially as we are kind of branding this as the journey to the Horizon League tourney, uh, I was a little surprised. No disrespect to the Mastodons program, but I was just kind of looking at teams one through four, and then you start looking in the middle there. I'm like, well, damn, there's there there's the Mastodons. They're they're right there in the mix of things. They you, the Mastodons can host a a, a quarterfinal game coming up here in just a few weeks which is uh, pretty crazy again as the journey to the horizon league tourney is uh, officially you know beginning four, four games remaining for the mastodons as we currently sit here right now so purdue fort wayne 16 and 10 overall 11 and 6 in horizon league play they've won five straight games quietly sitting behind first place cleveland state oakland northern kentucky and wright state of course, we know about your most recent triple overtime win against Cleveland State. You also hold a win over Northern Kentucky from earlier in the season as well. You close out the final four games starting tonight at Green Bay, Milwaukee, Oakland, and Detroit, all four of those on the road. This is you know, kind of set up a very strange scenario where everyone's focusing on the Cleveland States and the Northern Kentuckys, the Wright States, and the Oaklands. But there's Purdue-Fort Wayne. You guys are quietly just sitting there doing your own thing, winners of five straight. What what has led to this kind of turnaround, or at least this hot streak? Because sometimes it's not uh, you know the best team in the league that wins this all the time. It's the hottest team, and Purdue Fort Wayne is no doubt one of the hottest teams heading into the final stretch here. Yeah, you said it. The Dons right now on a five game winning streak, and for that matter, they've won eleven of their last fourteen, dating back to really the just about the the turn of the calendar from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, and. Um, I think it's understandable if, you know, from the outside, it's, uh, they're maybe catching people off guard. But you know, for those who are close to the program, it's not a, sh- a shock by any means. I think 
frankly, just last year having a sub-500 record was more surprising because John Kaufman, who's now in his eighth season as the head coach here, I mean, he's got this program rolling. They won a, a Summit League regular season title. They made it to a Summit League championship game, so they've been knocking on the door of reaching the horizon and March Madness. And so now this year, again, maybe you know some from the outside would see, oh, they were at one point just five and seven on the season, and now here they are rolling at sixteen and ten. You know, a couple of things to point out there though that have that have been turning points. One was. While the Dons have a lot of continuity from last year's roster to this year's, the one biggest addition was point guard Damian Chanqui, who came in from Mount St. Mary's. Last year he led the Mountaineers to an NEC title and a a berth in the big dance. And so the second game of this season, Damian suffered a pretty severe, significant ankle sprain. And so he didn't miss any games, but he was not close to being at 100% health-wise throughout the non-conference part of the season. And it wasn't really until January where he's been at closer to full strength. And so, despite being only five foot eight, Damian's a really dynamic player. And while he's a great distributor and can score it when you need, probably his biggest impact on this team is the tone that he has set defensively and just being an absolute ball hawk. Sometimes picking up pressure in the backcourt, but at least by midcourt. And so that has set the tone for the rest of this team and Purdue Fort Wayne. Under Coach Coffin, years past, they've been top 10 in the country in scoring, while all of a sudden, this is his best defensive team by the metrics. And Purdue-Fort Wayne in Horizon League games this year has been the best in the conference defensively. And so that's been the biggest uh, change for these guys with Chon Kui, and he's not alone by any means. Jalen Pipkins, uh, I think, uh, you know, all-league caliber, all-defensive uh, uh, Horizon League caliber uh, player. He, he usually has the assignment of locking down the other team's best scoring guard. Uh, Deontay Billups, he's uh, top three or so in the league in steals and other ways of evaluating players defensively. And then, yeah, add on to that. I mean, the list goes on. Jared Godfrey's a uh, candidate to be first team all league. A uh, lot to like about this group. Um, and as you said, they're they're really playing their best basketball right now here down the stretch of the season. Yeah, averaging uh, what caught my attention, too, was just their ability to shoot uh, the three ball. I mean, uh, according to this, nine and a half threes per game. I mean, that's uh, that's that's quite the threat. You talked about the scoring ability. I mean, you talked about the defense, uh, but uh, especially in these one-and-done type tournament atmospheres, I mean, it's the team that usually kind of is hot from behind the three line that kind of really gets rolling. I mean, especially when you start dancing in March in the NCAA tournament, I, I promise you, you're not going to find any of those significant Cinderella upsets without that Cinderella team draining a, a, a ton of threes. It, that's usually how it happens is that that team that's not as talented usually catches fire from behind the three line. That's kind of, you know, the recipe right there. Well, Purdue Fort Wayne averaging just under 10 threes a game. You know, you talk about that aspect as far as how big that could be down the stretch as well, especially with four games on the road. Yeah, indeed. And the Dons are around top 25 in the country in terms of threes per game. And again, that's something that Purdue Fort Wayne followers have grown accustomed to year after year. I think the track record is over the last six years, Purdue Fort Wayne's top 10 in the nation in three-point shooting. And that actually included the last season. This is kind of hard to believe, but Purdue Fort Wayne was second in the country to only Gonzaga in terms of effective field goal percentage last year. The difference between Gonzaga competing for a national championship and Purdue Fort Wayne not being able to advance past the quarterfinals of the Horizon League tournament was that the Dons last year were too turnover prone. And so, again, that's another area where Chan Kui has really helped take this team to another level because 
last year Jared Godfrey was being asked to do everything, and he's still capable of doing everything, but now Godfrey can play more off the ball while Sean Quee can handle point guard responsibilities. And now that's been a, a – I think turnovers are really one of the, the key numbers to hone in on with Purdue-Fort Wayne. They've had five games this season of just single-digit turnovers. That said, prior to this five-game winning streak, they lost a, a pair of games at Northern Kentucky and Wright State both times uh, in those games, their demise was turning the ball over too much. So, I mean, this is a team that makes sure to value the basketball with their shooting ability, with the way they're getting it after it on defense right now. You know, they are, I was talking with Dennis Gates, head coach at, at Cleveland State, and he said he believes Purdue Fort Wayne is a team that's capable of winning a Horizon League championship. And so I think as long as they take care of the basketball, they definitely are going to be uh, some team that's going to be reckoned with. Yeah, you know, what's crazy is that, you know, I, I live here in Dayton, uh, cover a lot of Wright State basketball, and uh, you mentioned Cleveland State. Wright State, Cleveland State just a few weeks ago. Wright State turned the ball over 26 times. 26. Now, it doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to understand that that's just way too many turnovers, but it's one thing to, to know that that's too many turnovers, but hearing Coach Nagy in the postgame talk about how you know, that's 20, you know, 26 turnovers. You can't do that. We know that. But when he put it into this perspective, it really caught my attention when he said, that's 26 possessions. We lost by two possessions. 26 turnovers. That's 26 possessions that we didn't get a shot off. 26. We, we cut that. I mean, even if we just turn the ball over 20 times and we score on one of those six turnovers that we did not commit, we win that ball game. And it's those little things. That's why coaches just continue to rip their hair out because, well, we think, oh, they're just being too hard on the players. It really is those little things. And that is why these, you know, these, it's team basketball that usually has the most success come Horizon League tournament time. So you're right. That is going to be important for the Mastodons down the stretch, uh, especially come tournament time. Now, let me ask you again, you have a, a big one tonight against Green Bay. I mean, regardless of where Green Bay is at within the standings as we currently sit here, an even bigger one coming up, uh, you know, with Oakland around the corner. You guys have quite a, a schedule coming up to close out all on the road. If you don't mind, just timing mean, Milwaukee, by the way. Milwaukee's a team to look out for, although the, record-wise, they're not kind of in the mix at the top right now. They just beat Wright State last week. They're starting to kind of get their groove going a little bit with Pat Baldwin Jr. It's not an easy stretch to close out, although you are winning five. You have won five straight. Just talk about these final four matchups and what needs to be done to take that momentum into the postseason. Yeah, as uh, we've touched on, Purdue Fort Wayne currently sitting fifth in the standings, and right now with the uh, 12-team tournament bracket, this top four will get the opening round by. It's not out of question if the Macedons, you know, can uh, continue the success on the road, where they could even jump into a situation where they're hosting a quarterfinals game instead of hosting an opening round game and then going on the road for the quarters. They recently did beat Green Bay and Milwaukee a couple weekends ago to to kick off this homestand, I agree with you that Milwaukee is probably the biggest wild card in the league down the stretch, uh, given the in and out status of Patrick Baldwin Jr. and just in general as a team, they, they've been up and down. Um, and so for Purdue Fort Wayne, like you said, going ahead to the following weekend at Oakland, they had a second half lead at home against Oakland in their first meeting of the season and couldn't hang on at that point. That was when the, the Grizzlies were still in first, and they'll wrap it up at Detroit Mercy. First go-around, the Dons actually held Antoine Davis in check below his you know, typical numbers. He scored only, air quotes, 17 points against them in the first meeting, so you know that's not going to be easy to uh, to contain him once again. So we'll see. I think you know a cliche, I suppose, is that defense travels. And so as we were talking about turnovers before, Purdue-Fort Wayne also right now top 25 in the country enforcing turnovers. 
you know, I think my head is still somewhat spinning after the epic triple overtime win over mm-hmm. Cleveland State on Monday. That was a game when Purdue-Fort Wayne actually was really cold. They were getting good looks in the first half, but they were barely shooting better than 30%. However, they remained in that game because they were forcing Cleveland State to turn it over at a, at a high clip. And so that kept them in it. So we'll see um, you know, what kind of defensive performance they're able to have uh, here coming up on the road. But I think it's a team that's certainly uh, – hitting its stride. It's a group, really, that needs to be noted. I think Coach Kaufman is a very unselfish, uh, you know, servant leader. Um, he's quick to give the credit to the players and especially the senior leadership that they have with guys like Jalen Pipkins, Jared Godfrey, Damian Chanqui. And quick aside, Godfrey and Chanqui are seniors. This is their fourth year of, of college basketball, but they still have that extra year of eligibility next year that they both plan to utilize. Um, and same goes for other guys like Rob Petty, the unsung uh, leader of this team as a big man, and Bobby Planutis. Um, so top 20 in the country in terms of experience, and Coach Kaufman has said these guys are really kind of coaching from within. When it, they're in a situation in a timeout late in the game, he doesn't need to be the one who's necessarily vocal. These guys at this point, um, they're the ones who, who deserve the credit for the effort that they've put forth defensively and, and coming through in the clutch on the offensive end under pressure too. All right, it's reached the horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. It's the journey to the Horizon League journey, and over the next couple of weeks, touching base with all the teams uh, who are kind of sitting up and kind of jumbled up in the top half of the Horizon League standings. Again, we know how important it is to be able to position yourself for one of those top four seeds. Uh, and again, the Horizon League tournament kicks off, or tips off, I should say. I still got football on my mind, uh, but they, that'll tip off on March 1st. Uh, talking about, of course, those opening rounds, and then the quarterfinals uh, will be on March 3rd with the semifinals and the championship all culminating live from Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, March 7th and 8th. John Nolan, voice of the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons. John, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, with uh, the, the weird introduction to the conference during this COVID run, of course, it hasn't been the most ideal, but it's uh, it's very ideal to see how Purdue Fort Wayne has already started uh, being becoming very competitive within this conference, and they're going to play a huge role in how these standings close out, and they could potentially be one of the top four teams when it's all said and done. So, John, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate your insight. Justin, thank you. Just want to say, really appreciate your coverage of the league. I know I speak for a lot of Mastodons fans uh, when expressing you know, how Purdue Fort Wayne really fortunate to be in the Horizon League, you know, first class league with first class coverage coming from the likes of yourself. And a final note too, uh, talking about women's basketball. First year head coach Maria Marcasano, who's a Fort Wayne native, who had led Mount St. Mary's to the NCAA tournament last year herself. Um, she's doing a remarkable job right now, Purdue Fort Wayne women's basketball, uh, having its best season in close to a decade and doing that despite the fact that they don't have basically any seniors getting minutes and they have been really ravaged by injuries. Uh, they haven't had a complete roster all season long, multiple starters out and yet, um, yeah, they have put together their best season in close to a decade. So a lot of momentum for the Purdue Fort Wayne women's basketball program right now as well. Yeah, how about that? On the women's side, IUPUI at the top, they've won 14 straight. And honestly, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're 19-5. and I think two of their losses 
stem from Forfeits, yeah. uh, just forfeitures uh, from early on before the conference had adjusted their their uh, COVID protocols. But uh, that's a team to look out for. You know, unfortunately, you know, they were in the Horizon League Championship last year. They lost to Wright State before the Raiders would go on to get one of the huge upsets over Arkansas in the women's NCAA tournament. But unfortunately, Macy Williams, uh, you know, I, I think – in my time covering Wright State back in the day, Kim Demings, that, that's the most dominant women's basketball player to ever play in the Horizon League. I think we're watching the most dominant player in women's basketball in Horizon League history since Kim Demings and Macy Williams. The crazy thing is, although they won the Horizon League Championship two years ago in 2020, they never got to experience the NCAA tournament. Hopefully, uh, that's a team right there that can kind of send her off the right way with the chance to be dancing in March. They got to the title game last year. We'll see if they can get back. But you, know, you guys have a lot of talented teams in Indiana, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said right there. And while IUPUI is at the top right now, plenty of competition. Uh, that's going to make the women's bracket just as uh, entertaining um, when you look at Youngstown State being up there and Cleveland State, NKU, the Wisconsin school is all going to be uh, a factor, too. So, you know, whether in Fort Wayne or, or down in Indianapolis uh, for the Final Four on both sides, looking forward to seeing some other Horizon League fans at games here uh, to close out the basketball season. And, uh, Justin, yeah, thank you again so much for the chance to, uh, to chat Horizon League hoops. All right, good stuff there. Again, John Nolan, the voice of the Mastodons of Purdue-Fort Wayne. Excited to have him on. Again, uh, with the new additions to the league last year of Purdue-Fort Wayne, the Mastodons, of course, coming from the summit. Also, Robert Morris. Uh, we've yet to be able to, uh, outside of catching up with their head coach, we haven't really had a media member on to kind of catch up with how the, the transition into the Horizon League is going for the Colonials, but uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time for that coming up here in the near future. But man, I cannot believe that we are wrapping up the season here within the next two weeks. There's four games remaining uh, for most of the teams left in the Horizon League and a big schedule. Again, I'm recording this on Friday morning. It's our second Reach the, Hori- uh, Reach the Horizon podcast release of the week. Uh, and we're going to be releasing quite a few more again. Is just we're trying to keep up with all the storylines at the top of the standings. It's the journey to the Horizon League tourney. So a lot of good games tonight. Northern Kentucky at Detroit. Northern Kentucky right now, right, you know, they're at the top. They're in that jumbled mess in the top four. Cleveland State 13 and four. Oakland 11 and four. Northern Kentucky is 11 and five. We just had, of course, Jim Kelch, the voice of the Norse, on with us earlier in the week. And he brought a lot of good insight about kind of what has led to the turnaround for Darren Horn and his Norse squad. But 11 and five, 15 and 10 overall. But you have 13 and 4, 11 and 4, Cleveland State and Oakland. There's Northern Kentucky at 11 and 5, Wright State at 12 and 6, and Wright State has a big one tonight on ESPN2. They're going to be at Oakland. Oakland is a four point favorite. For those of you who care about the spread and the line, there you go. Uh, but uh, Oakland's the favorite in this one, and rightfully so. Again, Wright State has lost a couple big ones. They lost at Milwaukee. They lost against Oakland. Uh, I'm sorry, they they lost at Milwaukee and then lost at home last week against Northern Kentucky. They're trying to put an end to that two-game losing streak they find themselves in, and it's not going to be any easier as they have, of course, Oakland on the road tonight on ESPN2. But Purdue-Fort Wayne, right there in the middle of it all, 11-6, and six, they have a realistic opportunity to finish in the top four. It's really right now coming down between them and Wright State. Wright State does hold two wins over the Mastodon, so if there's ever any tie-breaking scenarios that would play out there, it would probably be advantage Wright State. But uh, with a tough one against Oakland tonight, Purdue-Fort Wayne, of course, they have a tough one as well as we just talked about uh, with Nolan 
uh, talking about Purdue-Fort Wayne at Green Bay. It's going to be an interesting race to the finish line, that's for sure. Big games tonight, NKU at Detroit, Purdue-Fort Wayne at Green Bay. Purdue-Fort Wayne winners of five straight, looking to make it six. The Cleveland State Vikings, after losing a triple overtime game against Purdue-Fort Wayne earlier in the week, they'll look to get things turned back around. They're going to be on the road tonight at Milwaukee. Again, Pat Baldwin Jr. and company, don't let that record deceive you. Don't let the inconsistently uh, inconsistency of that record deceive you because now they have him back and they're starting to get comfortable. They had that big win against Wright State last week, and Milwaukee would love to be able to pick up another win against especially trying to establish momentum heading in to the Horizon League tournament. Wright State at Oakland, as I talked about, that's a 9 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2. Definitely looking forward to that one. A lot of seeding implications are riding on that matchup. Right there. As far as tomorrow's concerned, the IUPUI Jaguars at Youngstown State. And then, of course, the UIC Flames will be at Robert Morris. Both of those games will be on ESPN+. And then Sunday, a lot of a lot of action coming your way on Sunday. Wright State at Detroit. Wright State just took care of business against Detroit a few weeks ago. In fact, uh, they were able to kind of keep Antoine Davis in check a little bit from an offensive standpoint. I mean, he only had about 13 points with about six or seven minutes to go. I think he finished just a hair under 20. But Wright State has had success against Antoine Davis as far as how to control him defensively. What's ironic, however, is Antoine Davis, his career high, I believe, is 48 points. I do know that it was against Wright state his career low is 10 points which was also against Wright State so keep that in mind Wright State has had a lot of success uh, or right there in the middle as far as how to contain one of the biggest scoring threats probably the best scoring threat that the conference has ever seen Purdue Fort Wayne they'll have another matchup on Sunday they'll be at Milwaukee after their matchup with Green Bay later on tonight NKU at Oakland this is a big weekend for Oakland. I mean, this is why I love the the NKU Wright State swing, uh, the partnership, if you will, because Oakland having to play Wright State tonight and then NKU on Sunday, that is huge. And then Wright State playing Oakland tonight, they have Detroit and Antoine Davis on Sunday. I mean, right now, these are some of the top matchups in the league, and they all have so much on the line as far as seating purposes is concerned. And then the top of the conference right now, Cleveland State, they'll be at Green Bay on Sunday to close out the weekend. Good stuff. I appreciate Jim Kelch, the voice of the Norse, joining me earlier on in the week in the first podcast that we released. And also a huge shout out to John Nolan, voice of the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons. I appreciate both of those gentlemen's time for hanging out with us here and looking forward to releasing many new podcasts over the coming weeks as the journey to the Horizon League tourney heats up. That wraps it up for us today. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tell your friends and family about us. Download, subscribe the Reach the Horizon podcast in your Apple iTunes, Google Play Store, and of course at HorizonLeague.com. You'll be able to click on the Reach the Horizon podcast tab and, and go back and listen to previous podcasts. I mean, we've had the likes of John Calipari on. We had Dick Vitale on. I mean, we've had a lot of big names uh, kind of embrace uh, the, this podcast, which has been pretty neat. Um, so I, I highly suggest you tell everyone about us. We'd love to keep you as up-to-date as possible on all of the big happenings uh, in the journey to the Horizon League tourney. Until next time, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.